Six of the Best, the original podcast series by Blatantly Blunt, only on Kiki. I get boxed a lot, man. Like, Z. you're a grand producer, you're a rap producer, you're this. It was like, no, I'm Z. the composer right now. Like, this is like some Hans Zimmer shit. You can't take that away from me. Like, you can't take that away from me because not every grand producer or rap producer can do this. West London producer and songwriter Zed Dot is undoubtedly one of the most accomplished names in grime and UK rap. Having been a mainstay in the scene for well over 10 years, he's laid the beats for the who's who of the scenes. From producing a vast number of Wiley's tracks to Stormzy's breakthrough hit Know Me From, he's produced some of the most well-known songs from Bugsy Malone, Getz, Devlin, Kano and countless more. It's fair to say that if you've ever listened to grime music, you've almost certainly heard one of Zed Dot's beats. We've invited Zed to sit down with us for an episode of Six of the Best so we can learn more about how he became the producer that he is today. So Zed Dot, welcome to Six of the Best. All good, man. It's good to link up after all these years, man. 100%, man. Yeah, it's been ages. It's been ages. But yeah, glad to see that you're that you're thriving, man, that you're flourishing and the music's obviously speaking for itself. So Yeah, man, definitely. That says definitely. it all, man. That says it all. Okay, so... Let's get into um, the first half of the podcast, which is where you kind of talk about your musical upbringing, um, the three albums or singles which you feel um, really identify your musical heritage the most. All right, cool. So what's the first one? Um, basically, like, do I need to do it chronologically or do you want me to do it in any, any way? Any order's fine. All right, cool. All right, cool. I'd say in that case, um, let's start with Blur Song 2. Because, like, yeah. that was a song that I um, discovered, I think it was FIFA 98. It might have even been 97, but I think it was the 98 one. I had it on the PC. So I was playing it on the PC, and that was, like, the lead song from the game. And I just remember thinking, like, this is energy. Like, I like this. Like, the cor- the verse is mad calm, and then when the, when the chorus comes out, it's just crazy. Like, So for me, it was just, like, I was learning dynamics. Like, by this time, I didn't play piano, I didn't play drums, I didn't play anything. I was seven years old. But like hearing the dynamics of verse and then the chorus with mad energy, I feel like looking back on it now, it probably played a bigger part than I thought at the time. You know what I'm saying? When you're just a fan of music and then you look back, you're like, raw, like, yeah, man, that was hard. Like, and I still listen to that song to this day. So, and the guitar riffs and everything, like, I've always been open to all kinds of music. Obviously, like, I'm mainly known for grime and hip hop and rap and stuff, but I'm open to bands. I'm open to like all kind of music. So that was one of my first um, songs that I remember hearing like in my lifetime. So I have to throw that one in there. Good shot. Um, the second one I would say would have to probably be like I'm gonna I'm gonna more say a producer than a particular song. But what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put two songs together for number two. All right. So I'm gonna put Still Dre, yeah, and Fat Joe lean back because basically it was the production that got me. It was like I was like these productions are insane. Like, yeah. like, and I didn't realize who was behind them. You got you got to remember. I'm I think at this stage I'm ten, and I remember buying um that Dr. Dre album in Woolworths. I remember buying it, so it was like I was probably like ten years old, 
not knowing who Dr. Dre was. I just saw the cover, the like, black cover, the, the, the 2000, like, I said, yeah, man. In green, I said, yeah, I like this. This just looks interesting. Mm. Let me buy that. So I bought it. Um, and then I remember hearing, like, uh, still Dre, and I was like, ooh, that piano, like, that's different. Like, do you know what I'm saying? And it was only a few years later I realised, right, it was Scott Storch who was behind it. Yeah. And I remember hearing Fat Joe lean back and like the strings and like they bend and they were sounding different. No one was making music like this. And I thought... And it was again, a few years later, I realized Scott Storch, I said, nah, this guy is insane. Because obviously I knew Dr. J was a producer, even when I bought that CD. And even though he was rapping on it, I knew he was a producer. So I just assumed he made all of his beats. I didn't know it was Scott Storch who made that one. So when I found out it was Scott Storch, I said, nah, do you know what? This producer thing could be the one because he's making some crazy tunes. like, And they sound different to everyone's. Like, So for me, it was like a big inspiration. and. Between those two tracks, and there's others as well. So I know he done like um, Candy Shop and I know he done, uh, I think just a little bit of 50 Cent. Like 50 Cent, I was a big fan of as well, growing up. So I feel like, yeah, I've got a more, say, Scott Storch, but for a lean back and still Dre in particular. And then obviously Candy Shop and just a little bit as well. Let's just call that number two. Go for it. I was yeah. saying. Yeah, number yeah, three yeah, for yeah. me, I remember it clearly. I was, uh, I was at my old house, like, when I was growing up, I was probably 12, I think. I re- maybe a little bit younger, but I think I was 12. And it was, uh, I think I had a CD. It was on like one of those compilation CDs. I think someone must have given it to me for like uh, Christmas or something. And Wiley, what do you call it, was on it. And I remember like, I didn't know what grime was. I didn't know what garage was. I didn't know. Like, I'm young. I don't know these genres. Like, I'm seeing the word garage, actually. I think it was a garage kind of garage and something compilation but um yeah man that tune i said no i always remember repeating it and i didn't know who wiley was definitely didn't know i'd go on to produce over 50 songs for him do you know what i'm saying from being 11 12 years old like in a little bedroom um so for me i, I that's just a clear memory for me of like probably my first song i heard from graham so i have to put that in there and, yeah, man. I think that was one of the first grime songs that kind of made it out of the underground, really. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying to you. That I didn't find it on power. I found it on a compilation mixed with loads of things. So, and it stood out to me as like, what is this? Like, so yeah, man, it, it got my ears going and I said, no, nah, I like this. And then obviously from there, you know the rest. For sure. And what was it about that specific song what was it about the sounds that it gave off or the kind of energy that it kind yeah, of i think i think for me it was the, it was the energy it just felt like because I, I remember like listening to pirate radio in my bedroom like just going through the tuner on the radio and just hearing like j- jungle and drum and bass and i would hear garage and i quite liked that stuff at the time like if i was just in my room on my own i'd just tune in and see what was playing but like when i heard the the wily what do you call it i said no this is different like I think the production was good. Like, obviously, he, pro- he produced that as well. Um, the bars, and it was just like, I don't know, there was something a bit playful about it as well. Like, obviously, he's kind of dissing Garage as well, which is, like, kind of yeah. funny. But, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It was like, obviously, I, I didn't know Wiley then. So, to see, like, to, I think for me, it's more just like, I remember that moment so clearly. 
yeah. like I remember that moment specifically and then looking at what we've done now and even the music that's coming out like I've got another joint um, on my album he's got two, at least two on my album I've got at least two on his Godfather 3 so it's like yeah man like all the years later we're still making fire like it's sick yeah 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 um and do you do you kind of feel that same energy of him today than than you heard then because i feel like he hasn't lost that that edge that he had then do you know what i feel like in terms of the creating music and and like the hype and him just being on it like i think it's insane and i feel like he doesn't get enough props for that obviously like you know while he does his normal like twittery and instagram yeah. um things like you know his little you know where he talks about whoever um which may go against him sometimes as well like I, I don't think he should always do those but i feel like you know while he's wily and he's always going to do those kind of things like be controversial in his own way which which is fair yeah. enough as well um but for me like the output of music consistently like even if you look at the phase where he went through the pop phase where he had heat wave and can you hear me um he was doing the step freestyles he was doing step one to 15 freestyles yep. and that's probably arguably some of his best music so where the other guys um they kind of f definitely went away from the scene to do the kind of more commercial music and then they came back years later i feel like with him you know he wasn't scared and he and he didn't hide the fact that he wanted some some chart hits and i i don't like all of wiley's chart hits but what i'll tell you is he never ran from the scene like he always done the grand stuff alongside the chart ones that's why i feel like yeah man he he does deserve more more praise for that so with the whole um the online kind of spats with with, with stormzy where mm. where do you lie on that because obviously you've produced at least yeah, one yeah, of Stormzy's yeah. songs. you may have done others yeah, yeah, no, i've done i've done a couple with Stormzy. i've done the brotherhood um the, the lead song from the brotherhood movie of storms as well oh yeah and we've done some other unreleased ones but um yeah man it was like, like he's got a fair opinion on that for criticizing stormzy for kind of working with Ed Sheeran and whatnot, do you feel like that's that's a justified... I, I feel like the Ed Sheeran, when he was talking about Ed Sheeran, I feel like he he didn't... I feel like he wasn't in the right place to be saying that. I feel like I don't even know if he believes what he was saying about Ed Sheeran, mm. if I'm honest. But what I will say is, there were some things he said which were true, but more than the saying, more than the talking that they both done, back and forth, because I'm not really interested in that. I'm interested in the music, was it was great for the whole UK. Because what it done was it made it to the BBC News. It made it to Sky News. Mm. It made it to so much big platforms that everyone said, Wiley, Stormzy. Obviously, everyone knows who Stormzy is. Pyramid stage, headline act. Like, Stormzy is not... You can't say you don't know who Stormzy is. Like, Stormzy is a household name. Wiley isn't a household name to everyone. Majority mm. of people know who he is, but he's not a household name. So I feel like it benefited both of them. Like, yeah. Obviously, Stormzy just come off an album which, like... It done well, but I feel like in um in our kind of scene, like not that many people are talking about it, saying like there was crazy bangers on there. Like I feel like it done done well, but yeah, it was like missing something possibly. Whereas like when he done the back and forth with Wiley, it was like, whoa, like yeah, Stormzy, man, you still got this. Like you needed to hear that side from Stormzy, I feel like. Like yeah. I feel like that benefited Stormzy a lot. Hundred percent. As well as Wiley, obviously yeah <laughs> so going back to the blur one your first your first selection there man that was one that kind of um took me off guard a bit which i'm, I'm glad yeah, i'm yeah. glad to hear that you've got other inspirations outside of the hip-hop and the grime um 
have you ever kind of considered working with artists from like the the rock indie kind of scene before is that something that's ever taken no, you i've done it i've done it already like um i've worked with the kooks i've worked with like plan b i've worked with um a bunch like a bunch of bands i've worked with mm. slaves as well okay um bugs and malone with them so yeah man um i've worked with like quite a few pretty big bands i worked with the vaccines worked with like a lot you know a lot of bands still a lot of bands like and even from before that when i was young like i had my first uh placement on a number one album when i was mad young probably even before i met you like with uh marina and the diamonds so it was like i've been doing this for young since young yeah but it was like it just wasn't cool for me to talk about that stuff back then and i i had like me and like charlie x6 done a tom ford campaign together like wow so it was like these are all from when i was young so it was like yeah man now i guess the the scene is a bit more open to things like this but back yeah. then you know how you know what the fans are like back then they weren't accepting anything like veered mm. yeah. off yeah yeah it's like it's game over so yeah man i just didn't talk about those kind of moves but they now when i look at it they were all power moves 100 percent, 100 percent, man if anything for yourself to kind of expand your scope 100%. of production styles definitely yeah. man yeah 100% um so when it comes to you actually producing tracks we're going to get into your next you know three selections of your own music but before we get into that i want to know a little bit about your creative process like where you where you kind of conjure up the ideas for the beats because ha- having been doing this for so many years well should we say 12 13 years you've been yeah, man. solid yeah yeah where did the where did the ideas come from? Do they just like spark out of nowhere? Is it kind of uh, kind of trying different like experimentations of different sounds? Like how do you kind of um, how do you create the new the new ideas? Do you know what it is? I go through phases. Like I started as a drummer when I was younger. So when I was like I think eight years old, I started like on the African drums, the djembe. Then I uh, learned the drum kit. So I've always been very like rhythm led with my beats. So. That's something that which I always trying to just cook up new like uh, kind of beats, like new drum patterns. Then from yeah. that, I feel like everything's pretty easy. Like I'm not the best on the keys or anything, but I can I can I know my way around to make things happen. And then also what I've been doing a lot with lately is like um, a lot of new guys have been sending me loops. So like new guitar guys, um, even just keyboard keyboard players playing like loops and messing them up. Like I'll flip them. I've been doing a lot of stuff with loops recently just because it's so quick. Like, I make it, they send me a loop, I'll fuck with it. Bam. Make some drums to it, a little bass. Bam, we've got a beat. I feel like it's like so quick. And I was, I was just come back from Atlanta and LA earlier this year. And like, when you're in a session with an artist, they want the beat so, they want the beat now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They want it like, like straight away. So. Yeah, man, you got you got to know how to cook up fast, man. They don't want to hear like too many different sounds in the track. Yeah. So yeah. like, even though I always always kind of like, um, what's the word? I was always aware of the kind of making beats and having enough room for there to be the artist to record on it. Yep. For like going to those places, it kind of makes you even look at it deeper. Like, whoa, like there might even be one sound and the eight oh eight and a drum. So. Yeah, man, it's like it was a it was a good eye opener for me, but um, yeah. So it's just a different different yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, process each time. 
um, in terms of what I what I start with first. But yeah, for me, the drums are, are very important. Hundred percent. And you released a sample back recently, am I right? Yeah. So it, I was getting messages about this for like probably the last three or four years, saying I need jumper, and I said. Nah, man, I, I don't want everyone to have my sounds. Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't want to do it how everyone else done it, how they just recycle everyone's sounds. That was not my style. So I said, if I'm going to do it, I'll do it properly. So I literally gave all my sounds, made them all available. The Lockdown Drum Kit is out now. So yeah, if you're a producer, you want you want to upgrade your um your arsenal of um, drum sounds, yeah. then yeah, man, make sure you cop that because the feedback's been amazing and i'm probably going to do like some melody ones or maybe percussion uh like loops um later this year as well all right that's great to hear man okay cool um let's move into the second half of the podcast where you're going to talk about songs of your own that really kind of um people can identify you from all right so do you want me to do it in the order of most important or just any order uh let's start with chronological if possible start with the earliest chronological all right let's go from chronological so obviously the the start of my career there was a lot of big moves there was like linking up with wiley gigs on joel santana and producing bright lights that was a major move when i was like 17 or 18 i was quite young um we've done that Gets artillery was another like that's like still one of his biggest tunes now there was that one and there was like a few others at the time which were like which were pretty big but all the latest stuff is way bigger than that even though yes. so let's talk about the latest things so storms you know me from i have to put that in there paintings on my whatsapp and my iphone too the brown skin girls and the white ones too girls love me and i love them too I was on the rolls when Dizzy made I Love You. We'll talk about me, you better hashtag merch. Hashtag merch. Can't chat about speed my cabman search. It's a huge record, especially when we look at last summer's Glastonbury Festival. The first song in the set. Zed on production is the first word you hear on the headline slot on the pyramid stage. Like for me. That was a major moment in my career because it, like not only is all eyes watching that, it was like there's a little bit of validation in terms of like, whoa, like if you saw my messages and my phone was blowing up so crazy for like at that as soon as that was played, like people live in the crowd were like calling me, messaging me, like all the way to like two days later. Like the effect of that was like was was crazy, man. Um Obviously, it done a lot. It got a lot of syncs. It helped, like, a lot of bigger artists as well at the time than shouted me for productions as well. I feel like, um, you know, the, the more mainstream guys at the time, the guys who were getting number ones, top tens regularly, like, they all shouted me. And I feel like they all knew my name, but it was like they wanted a reason to shout me, if you know what I mean. So it was like that gave them the reason to shout me. Um, so definitely open the doors. Um, with that beat like am I right in saying it's violins that, that you're using on there I believe it's a viola but yeah it's a pretty similar viola. yeah man again like let's go down to the kind of let's draw down into the creation of that beat itself um, do you know what you I've, I've got the story I've got the story yeah. so I've got so this is a fucking great one because I've got that actual story of this so at the time 
there was like a month. I don't know what month it was. I could I could probably go through the files and tell you, but there was a month years ago. It must have been twenty fifteen, maybe twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen when I made that. No, I made the beat twenty. Hmm. 2014 or 2015 it was either the end of 2014 or the start of 2015 anyway i made the beat i was literally living in the studio for like 30 days so i was like my mum kicked me out we kept having disagreements about stuff part of it was to do with like i'm always working i'm always in the studio but like at the time i wasn't really making too much money like and it was like she at the time she kind of was trying to make me do be like oh i think you should be, do a trade do this and i was like you know what like i've got faith in what i'm doing right now and it will pay yeah. off and it was like literally so i'm well, and what's crazy is two of the biggest tunes in my whole career i made in this month so i'm literally sleeping on the floor in the studio and i make that beat so i make that beat i send it to like i send it to wiley Wiley done BMO freestyle on it. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, that was supposed to be a joint single with me and Wiley. Like, he was in Canada at the time. He was in Toronto. We were just making stuff remotely. And um, he just threw it out kind of thing. And I was like, what? You just threw it out, like, with no video. There was supposed to be a video. You were supposed to go crazy with it. Um, And then I was in studio of Stormzy one day. And Stormzy was just like, yo. you know, like I think the lists were coming around. Probably this must have been 2014, actually. So yeah, I made the 2014. So the lists were coming around for the, you know, the end of year list that they talk about the next year. And he was gonna be on some of them. So he was like, I need a song. Um, can I can I jump on that beat? I said, Yeah, bro, like jump on the beat. So he jumped on it, bam, released it. I remember like, and actually, let me go back a step as well. The other track I made in that month was Relegation Rhythm. Um, when I was sleeping on the floor for Bugs and Malone. So like, that was another major, Crazy. major record. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, them, those two records when I was literally sleeping in the studio, man. They weren't fun times, but sometimes just like, you know, um, adverse conditions can can turn you into a beast, man. And I feel like, yeah, yeah man, I'm one of those people where like, um, I don't just make music for the sake of it, especially when I was younger, I was a lot more like, there was a lot more emotion in it um, in terms of like the music I made, even though it might have sounded angry, it might have sounded like, but it was real. It was like real emotion. Like now I feel like, you know, when I go to studio, I'm calm. <laughs> like my life's a bit more in check. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like my house, I've got a son. Like I'm not, um, I'm not the same person, but, um, yeah man there was a lot of emotion going around I'd, I'd lost my dad as well like just a, only a few years prior to that so it was like and I don't think I grieved for it properly and like till way after you know what I'm saying so that every time I'm making something there was just emotion and anger and da 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 and like so I made those records further on to that I remember listening to Know Me From Live on the radio and I was with my girlfriend and we literally walking into the studio and, and I had it on my mobile phone, one extra. And Mr. Jam played it eight times in a row. And I said, nah, I've never heard a song being wheeled up eight times ever. Like ever. I said, I said to my God, this is going to change everything. I knew it at that moment. Yeah. This is going to change everything. And I remember being on the phone with Stormzy the next, the next day I was walking to the studio and I said, this is, this is different. And he said, I know. He said, this one is different to anything else. 
So I feel like for both of us, it kind of like, you know, it leveled both of us up, man, on a crazy level. And if you've seen the mosh pits that, that's done at festivals, it's insane. I can imagine. I personally, I think that's Stormzy's best song to this day. Yeah, man. I, do you know what it was? It was my favourite Stormzy song all the way since it got released up until... It still might be my favourite, but I feel like um, Wiley Flow is on, on a level with it. That's the yeah. only one. All the yeah, other yeah. stuff, yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, that's definitely a strong record. That's why he's got a performer at every show. For sure. And I think artists at the beginning of their career, similar with yourself, they've got more of the hunger, more of the fire in their belly, more of something to prove. And I feel like that was Stormzy's second single that made him, that made everyone more aware of who he is. You know, 100%. So. It, was, yeah, like, it, was, it was definitely like the breakthrough that fully put him mm. on the map. Um, obviously, having his mum in the video and stuff was like a genius move. It yeah, made yeah. the video go kind of viral at the time. Like, whoa, like yeah. no one does that. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was like, it was quite smart as well. No, for sure, man. Salute to Storms. Definitely, man. He's, he's done a lot. Um, okay, so that was your, that's your third selection. Yeah. I want to zone in on the other two that you're going for today. So right, cool. Joel's, Wiley and yourself. No, no, no. So the first ones I was talking about, I'm not even including them in the list. Okay. I'm saying like they were just like a little warm up of like these would have made the list. However, the next batch are crazier. Okay. Right, 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 so, right. Yeah, okay. I was doing like yeah. an intro of I'm like. Glad you didn't knock them all out at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, then. yeah, yeah. I'm saying like those were the intros of like um you know these ones these ones would have made the list however what i'm about to tell you is why they didn't make the list those are the honorable mentions exactly and the first one is, is that yeah. one cool so storms right. was the first one right all right cool so the next one i want to talk about is a project i was working on for like two or three years um with playstation so right. basically i done the soundtrack for a game called blood and truth it got released last year went straight to number one in the game charts um, I composed a whole score with uh, two of their guys, um, their in-house guys, and uh, ATP's orchestra. So for me, it was like an opportunity to work with an ATP's orchestra, but put my spin on it. And the thing that made it so appealing was like, I'd had all these meetings with them and they were like, we want this to be like, have your stamp on it, your Z.Grime stamp. And I said, I mm. don't. I'm in. Because like, one, I'm a PlayStation fan. I've, I've had PlayStation 1, 2, 3, 4. So it makes sense. That's the guys I'm rocking with anyway. <laughs> the other one is as well is like when I was young in college, I actually worked with a string quartet. So I kind of knew a little bit about like arranging strings and like I wasn't an expert and I definitely hadn't worked at Air Studios of an ATP orchestra, but I was like, this, that was pretty fun. Let me see what, um, what this is like. So I'd done it. Took like, like, like I said, it took like two or three years. Like these guys are working on games for ages, man. It's it's more than albums, do you know what I'm saying? You've got the graphics team upstairs, the people literally like from the military coming in saying, oh, this is how they hold the guns. The other thing, it was a London-based gangster game and it was by the same creators as, um, what was that game called? Getaway. Do you remember the Getaway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah, it was yeah. the same makers as them, London Studios. So I said, no, nah, that was like one of my favourite games. It was like the London version of GTA kind of thing. So I, I was a fan of that. So I said, no, nah, I'm involved, man. So I've done that. 80-piece orchestra, the, the whole soundtrack. I got to bring in some of my friends as well, which made it even better. So I brought in Eyes, I brought in Kamikaze, I brought in JME, and I brought in Ocean Wisdom. So they all made the soundtrack as well. So it was like, it was I was wearing multiple hats in that job. Do you know what I'm saying? One of them was like, do the beats, um, link up with them, 
make the picture very clear to the artist that I'm bringing in on the project, like music supervisor and composer and other things. But it was right. it was super fun, man. And just seeing it go to number one um, was kind of like, I, that was what all the hard work was for, man, because there was serious amount of time that went into that. You're talking like late night studio sessions? No, recording. no, not even late nights, but it was like when you're working with a game and you've got to remember how many NDAs and stuff is being signed right now. So I'm not even allowed to take the footage out of the meeting into my studio. But they want me to compose a scene for the casino and there's bombs going off. But I've got to, I've got to remember what I just saw in the meeting at 12 o'clock that day. But they won't send me anything. Do you know what I'm saying? So I've got to make sure when I'm in these meetings, I'm so tuned on and I'm literally recording everything i've seen because because of all of the whole like copyrights and they don't want anything being leaked early they weren't trusting anyone with anything to take yeah, yeah. so it was like i feel like that was a skill which um which i've done actually very well man in terms of remembering what what i saw and remembering the music that would suit that mood and that's why it worked so that was and another reason was as well like I get boxed a lot, man. Like, Zedot, you're a grand producer, you're a rap producer, you're this. It was like, no, I'm Zedot the composer right now. Yeah. Like, this is like some Hans Zimmer shit. Like, you can't take that away from me. Like, you can't <laughs> take that away from me because not every grand producer or rap producer can do this. So, I've just done something which no one's done before in our, in our scene. No one's done that. They got man on a rage. So I've just like created another lane. I've opened doors for more producers to go through that and more MCs because I managed to bring in so many MCs on the game. So it was like this this launched last year. So the game came out last year. Um, it's on. It's a PlayStation VR game. So it's the first like full-length VR game. Like, but it's crazy, man. So that for me, that was like a big moment. Yeah. Kind of uh, stops people boxing me so much. Oh, you can compose as well. And then the the final the final one I want to say kind of leads off of the back of that, even though they're not directly related. In terms of um, the impact I wanted to have from composing the game. I wanted it to lead to these kind of opportunities. And that's the most recent one. So January uh, 2020, Guy Ritchie released his brand new movie called The Gentleman. A little bit of a backstory. Guy Ritchie's my favorite director. Hmm. Snatch, Lockstock, um, they're like two of my favorite movies of all time. So to get the opportunity to compose the lead song to one of his films, Crazy. with Bugsy Malone as well. Do you know what I'm saying? One of my long-time collaborators, like, my friend as well, and he's acting in the movie. Man, I have to take off the door, pull up in a dinger, straight for the hole in the floor with the toddlers. Don't know what you thought, by the end of the night, you'll be picking up your jaw. Plants, not 10 or 20. Went up in a crop gaff with eggs, Benny. Man's egg got cracked and his legs went jelly. Just know that we're leaving the room with every last penny. No joke, man, don't boast. Just know it's over when you see ghosts. Spinning back, kick might take off your nose. Man, don't want that smoke. Big elbows to the top of the dome. Man, don't want that smoke, nah. I said, this is crazy, like, we've got to do, like, got to do this one, like, this is nuts. But the thing is with this one, they made it a bit more easy for me. Obviously, Bugsy was in the movie, for one, but they actually gave us the scene to make the song with, do you know what I'm saying? So we had the image. It had watermarks all over it, but at least we had something to make 
so mm. it was a bit easier than the PlayStation. Um, but yeah, man, it went off. Do you know what I'm saying? They they ended up using it for the for the trail for the um, credits as well, the end credits. So it was like had a major part in the movie, a massive fight scene, um, and then the end credits. So yeah, man, that was like that was a super super dope moment, and obviously got it got released worldwide as well, and it had like people like Matthew McConaughey McConaughey um, acting in it. It was like probably. Probably is one of my favorite actors as well, you know, because he's in the big films, he's like won Oscars and stuff. Like this was, and I'd done the, I'd done like the lead songs for things like um, uh, what's it called, Brotherhood and stuff like that before, and I'd had songs here and there in some of these kind of movies before, and um, I'm a fan of those kind of films too. But this is on the next level. Let's be honest. You're talking about some of the best actors in the game. You're talking about serious directors this is not like we're not talking one or two million pound budgets like those films we're talking multiple multiple millions like crazy so yeah man it was like that was a crazy um crazy yeah. experience and and to see the the reaction that it's had has been um it's been great man and again it, it helped it helps people not box me as just a pro- producer but more of just a composer and like but all round like musician as well when you're creating, when you're composing music for these movies and for the video games, do you have a completely different mindset in terms of how you approach it, or is uh, it you do you do in terms of, of like basically, basically like they've called you to be involved because they want you. So yeah. what you need to remember with these opportunities is be yourself because if you try and be something you're not, like I if I go and soften everything and make everything a bit too not hard. They're gonna say we should have just got someone else because mm. we we called you because we can't do what you do. Do you know what I'm saying? So it was like I had to just remember that, and once I fully remembered that, it was very easy. Um, in terms of the mindset, is it is very different because you got to remember like there's so many people involved in a game, there's so many people involved in a movie. When you're making a song with one artist, more time if they're independent, especially, it's just you and them to decide. Uh, you know this that. And then you release it with a game. You've got so many people's listening to it. Oh, actually, I want to change this section. Same with a movie is yeah. that actually, can you like add an octave of strings on the last 30 seconds to give it more intensity? It's like, okay, cool. You're not um, being offended. You're not saying, Oh, what? Like, this is my, this is like my baby. Like this is, do you know what I'm saying you've done it as a, I've been called in to do a job. It's not your full song. You've been called in to do something, do it, be open ears to um feedback deliver it how they want it and then you know hopefully we'll go on and do um great things and that's what happened in both of those those situations for sure have you had any mentors in that side of things so while you're stepping out of the rap and grime sound have you had anyone that's kind of helped you to develop your skill in the kind of scores and composition in movies and games that has helped you kind of create the best output possible no (laughs) i don't know anyone i swear down i don't know anyone that i know some big producers like i'm friends with some like very top producers that that have done a lot of records but i don't know anyone who's composed for Mm. real like all i know is hans zimmer's name i know hans zimmer me and him's published by downtown but i never met him i've never spoke to him but he would be my mentor if i was really trying to get into this Hmm. because like that's you gotta aim high but I, per- I actually don't know anyone so i'd love to tell you yeah like this guy had showed me the way but no one showed me nothing 
I had yeah. to learn it. Yeah. And what was your education? Like, how did you learn? What was your kind of sources of knowledge and what is your kind of pathways to becoming where you are now? Uh, so like I said earlier, um, I started as a drummer. So for me, that was like my entry into music. From, from there, um, I had, it was kind of weird because I had this music teacher who like, we were kind of like enemies. Like, the guy hated me and I didn't yeah. like him. And it was like, you know, you have those teachers that you just, everyone knows that like, you don't like them and they don't like you. But what was good about this teacher was he saw something. So he saw like I had some kind of different skill that no one else had in the school so what he actually done and this was a g move by the way he actually called in someone outside of the school to come in and teach me they called it music technology at the time but it was basically producing on a computer so they they got cubase um at the time and this guy came in and i got to miss like history or spanish or something like that one or two times a week to make music for an hour and i was like this is amazing like this teacher that hates me has obviously seen something on a deeper level, like, raw, like, this kid has got mad talent. So, yeah, I have to pick that guy up. I don't want to say his name, but I'll pick that guy up. Um, maybe he was a hater because he, he recognised your skills, man. He was just maybe, being a hater. Maybe. It was kind of weird because <laughs> it's, like, actually probably one of the biggest moments in terms mm. of my musical journey. Because what it done is then it made me download software at home, made me, like, really take um, the whole kind of producing and composing seriously. Yeah. So I've done that. And that got me to a level, obviously, just at home, FL Studio, Reason. I had all the softwares as well. I wasn't even stuck on one. I was trying to learn them all. I don't know why, but I was learning all of them. Um, so I wasn't really like loyal to one particular DAW at the time. Then I went to college just to learn. I wanted to learn more about the theory side. And I wanted to learn more about the business side. So I've done my two years there. Um, passed with like the highest the highest grade like in the whole year the whole um that whole curriculum year in the country so i'm saying there's a plaque in the college a glass plaque of my name on the wall like Jeez. i killed it like, i took it serious because it was something yeah. i cared about so i wasn't one of those guys at college that was like smoking and bunking off lessons i took it serious not not on a geek level but because i cared so it was like i'd done that and that got me to a level where I learned scales. I learned enough about the music um, business side. And I already knew some, but I learned more. And then from there, it was just everything else was self-taught and just like being active, man. I feel like there was, I'd done more action than talking. Like I'm from West London where at the time there wasn't really too many people doing anything. So I had to travel to East, South, North, wherever to link up with the Wileys, Getz, Devlins. I had to link up in all of these guys' studios because no one was coming to my area to, to make music. So I feel like my just whole, my go-getterishness, I'd say, made me kind of where I am. And how did you build those in initial connections with, with the likes of Getz? I know that Dollar was an artist that Dollar yeah, does. No, so basically, yeah. So I linked, up with, I linked up with Dollar. Dollar was like one of the first guys that I linked up with and made yeah. bulk of music with. Um, and then I used to go to studio with him. Like I used to go to all of his sessions and he recorded at a guy called Danny C studio. Yeah. Danny C engineered for everyone. He even done like the, um, what did he do? You know, those uh, freestyles, what are they called? You know what I'm talking about. The ones of like Griminal, Wiley, Gets, all of them. Like, what, F-Radio? Yeah, 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 yeah. F-Radio, Risky Roads and that. So they would be recorded at Danny C's more time. So I was bumping in, like the first time I went there, I bumped into Devlin. 
like second, probably like the fourth or fifth time I bumped into Gates. So I'm meeting everyone through going to Danny C studio. Yeah. So big up Danny C, man. Big up Dollar mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. like we made some some legendary moves, man, at the start. And then from there, it was just like, you know, word of mouth, like, raw, like, who produced that song? It was Zed Dot. Like, people would be hearing it on Logan's uh, Monday night show. And then, like, people would be messaging me on MySpace or whatever at the time. And then, yeah, man, things just happen. Yeah, so really, I think you came into it at a really good time as well. Really yeah, important man. time, Grime, late sure. 2000s, you know, when things were really starting to come together in a bigger way than they were before. Yeah, well, that, um, that even even when I produced like artillery and those kind of tracks, it was like they were like some of the hottest tracks on the street. But back then, that didn't mean you made money off it. It no. was like, whereas now, if you had a song that done as much as that done, you're making peas. Like it, there wasn't the whole monet- monetizing aspect around it back then. It was people were just wanted the big records, and yeah, it was a different. I feel like that we didn't have streaming as well back then. Yeah. True say, true say. Yeah, again, Artillery is one of my favourite Grime tracks, man, of all time. Yeah, man, so legendary. It's still got that real dark energy to it, which kind of, that's what Grime's about. Yeah, that's man. really what the, the genre's sure. about. So, yeah, I love that, I love that. So, yeah, thanks for those beats, man. <laughs> um, let's fast forward to 2020. The Grime scene is kind of unrecognisable now than yeah. it was then. Um, I feel as though Grime has merged and meshed a bit with with trap, with hip hop, yeah. Um, wh- where do you see the future of grime uh, for the next well few years? Um, also, a little bit with drill as well. I'd say drill. Well, drill has come out of the back of grime, I think, as well. Like without yeah, yeah. Like grime, they're, they're very similar drill. tempos. Obviously, like yeah. the um, there's a lot of differences as well. But yeah, there's there's also some similarities. Like I'm I'm producing a lot of drill right now, but I produce my own style of drill, which is like. It's not so it's not so dark, I don't think, like as a lot of the other people's stuff. It's not the same old piano and tubular bell. It's it's quite melodic, but it's still got those kind of like I really like drill drums and basses. Like the the glides and stuff. Like I was using 808 glides in my beats from years ago. You can check some of the tracks I've done with eyes, Wiley, like these tracks I've been having those kind of basses from before even I knew about drill. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think it's in an interesting place now because the people who want to make grime, people like Tommy B, uh, people like Yizzy, people like who else is there coming through? Um, who else is new that's coming through? I don't even know. I don't even know. But those two especially, like they're proper grime guys. And then like you got the the level kind of above that, whereas the people who's been going longer, which are like now starting to make crazy moves, people like Big Zoo. Eyes, Capoli, uh, Kamikaze, those guys are now. I think they're kind of running the scene because they're they're the ones releasing constant grind bangers. People like Wiley, obviously, those guys gets um, Bugsy Malone. These guys are always going to do grind, but they're they're doing other stuff as well. Like they've got other genres. They they're more like, artistry, like making albums and stuff. But yeah, man, definitely the the guys I just mentioned, they're carrying grind right now for me. Um, have you ever thought about bringing a new artist under your wing and kind of mentoring them and bringing them through as like your artist as such that's kind of what I've been doing with um, even with Eyes Asaya Dreads as well like I've been Mm -hmm. developing them from such an early stage that I would say 
um, yeah, like I'm not the kind of guy to be like, they're my artist, but in a way, like in terms of the whole sound that we've all developed together, like, you know, and the releases come under 101 Music as well, like to a degree. Um, yeah, I could say I've definitely developed those guys. Definitely. And there's there's others as well, which will be getting released soon, but definitely um, Eyes on a Set of Dreads. Okay, sick man. Any other additions that you want to throw in in terms of songs? Oh yeah. Of also, your... now I've got now I've got my publishing label too. So it's not just records; it's publishing too. So yeah, man. One on one music publishing. We're active right now. Do you know what I'm saying? We're active. So I'm mainly signing producers and songwriters, but a few little artists in there. The artists that I'm really messing with. Yeah, man. That's another thing. You know, the music's flowing this year. The album No More Games, October 2020. It's going to be crazy. I've already dropped Quick to Forget featuring Wiley. I've dropped Do the Mass featuring Grizzy and Sticks. I dropped No More Games, which is the title track with Asajas and Jaffro. Actually, Jaffro is another guy from Graham that I mentioned. He's hard, man. He's killing it. Um, and then my, ne- my new single is dropping on Friday with Eyes called Double. That's like a summary joint. And then, yeah, man, we, there's loads of joints on there. Loads of bangers. There's loads of Eyes music coming out. There's loads, man. Just look. Dino as well. This artist from Manchester. He's killing it. Killing it. Justin got a project with him. Grizzy as well. Got a project with Grizzy. Signing crazy. And Tommy B. Got, got a crazy grand project with Tommy B, man. So there's a lot of music coming this year still. Looking forward to hearing that, man. Bro, thanks so much for your time today, man. Good, man. It's a pleasure, man. Doing what you're doing, man. It's, it's really important. So yeah, salute, man. Salute nice yourself, time, man. man. Stay safe, man. Respect, man. Take care. Respect. Take care. Six of the best. The original podcast series by Blatantly Blunt. Only on Kiki.